This is the uh, fourth episode on the uh, podcast uh, Aging in Europe from North to South, brought to you by ELF, European Liberal Forum, and Svenska Bildningsförbundet, where we look at aging from different European perspectives, Finland, Austria, and Italy. This fourth topic really is a mind-bender. What is healthy aging? I think we all have our own ideas and thoughts on this, but I'm going to ask Anna to bring out the statistics one more time, please. Yes, what is healthy aging? Uh, let's uh, let's see how we can conclude this, uh, this part of the podcast. It's uh, a really tricky one. But uh, to start off with uh, some statistics, we could first just... Um, argue that we have a prolonged life expectancy across EU and uh, uh, today um, women aged 65 years living in the EU could uh, expect to live for additional uh, almost 22 years and men uh, at the same age in the EU can uh, expect to to um, have an additional 18 years. So there is a gender difference there, but we have a very positive uh, development here when it comes to uh, life expectancy among older people. And then looking at uh, healthy life years, if we just, uh, if we're not just uh, talking about Uh, life expectancy, but also healthy life years and the number of of healthy life years experienced, uh, we can say that, uh, and these statistics are according to Eurostat, and uh, and we can say that uh, women aged 65 years in the EU could uh, could expect to live in additional 10 years of their remaining lives in a healthy condition, while the corresponding figure for men was just below 10. So we have, uh, when it comes to both uh, life expectancy and prolonged lives, but also prolonged healthy lives, we can see a, a positive development here. But then looking at at subjective health and self-rated health and well-being, we can we can say that um, around uh, 70% of the adult population in the EU considered their own health to be good or very good. And looking at the older adults, aged 65 years and older, we can say that just below 50% of them consider their health to be good or very good. And uh, these um, self-rated health and well-being status uh, then decrease by age. So asking the very old people aged 80 years or more, uh, we can say that around 20% 
of them says that they, they perceive their health as good or very good. Uh, then looking at, at, for example, life satisfaction, which is also an indicator measured in the Eurostat uh, statistics. And uh, here they have a scale from O, a very low life satisfaction to 10 high life satisfaction and then looking at the values uh, from various age groups we can say that the young um, adults aged 16 to 24 they rated around 8 on this uh, 0 to 10 point scale and then looking at the working age population, they rated their life satisfaction around 8 or uh, between 7.5 and 8. And then looking at the older adults aged 65 and older, uh, they rated their health, uh, their life satisfaction around um, 7 or just below 7. So in my conclusion, uh, we tend to, in the EU, have also high rating of uh, experienced life satisfaction uh, in all age groups, but also a slight decrease when it comes to the older adults. So these were just some statistics that I wanted to bring forth here for the discussion. All right, who would like to go first? Uh, I would start the discussion uh, from here, saying that probably uh, there are let's say, the very good um, position of uh, uh, elderly people when uh, referred to the uh, middle age, uh, younger middle age, let's say seven against eight is a very good uh, uh, score anyway, might, might come from uh, social involvement probably. But uh, an interesting thing that I, I, can, I think that in Italy happens is that Diet probably uh, is adding to that. I mean, for instance, uh, we know that uh, when a diet is rich with antioxidants, then of course you feel better, you uh, act better, you are more efficient, then you are, uh, you rate your health and your well being. Uh, uh, high, and uh, especially when uh, when your omega three, so the uh, uh, fish oil, let's say, so when your diet is rich with uh, rich of of fish, and that is probably the case in Finland, I don't know, but should be. Um, or and uh, in Italy, where uh, we have a lot of fish. When your diet is uh, uh, rich in oil, olive oil, then of course all this um, helps anti-depression, against depression. So your well-being uh, is um, is better. So we we could say at least in Italy our diet is uh, uh, is working a lot in favor of uh, healthy aging. Probably the same might happen uh, in the other countries. And the other thing uh, is wine. We all know that there is the 
famous red wine paradox in uh, in France, no? But anyway, uh, whoever uh, loves wine and uses wine, and I I think that all our countries are doing so, um, is helping, is working well because is adding uh, two things. The first is when you when you use the red wine, you had antioxidants. But the second thing is, of course, you love life, you 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 enjoy life, and all the rest, which is healthy aging anyway. So that that was a way of approaching the things less, let's say, scientifically, but probably more practically because life is practical. Perhaps I would really agree, but continue with a bit more of a scientific, sociological approach, just because of my background. Uh, yeah, from my perspective, it's really important to remember what is healthy aging, and uh, that is defined like uh, maintaining the functional ability that enables well-being. So it's not about health itself, uh, it's the ability to meet the basic needs, ability to grow, to make meaningful relations, to be mobile, to contribute to the society. And it's not just uh, intrinsic capacity that influence uh, health and how we subjectively access it and whether it gives some limits to our everyday meaningful valuable activities because for each person they are different there are no standard uh, complex of activities that are meaningful in all the age but it's uh, the environment which helps all the people to overcome the barriers uh, which uh, comes from their health status from uh, some accumulated disadvantages which were Uh, attained by them in previous ages, and its, envi its environment, which make this de declining intrinsic capacity goes up again. So it's really vital that this environment enables all the people to exercise what they're valuable for them, to do what's good for their well-being. And it can be diet, it can be wine, it can be provision of glasses. And it, in fact, it does not really depend on age, because when we don't see the text anymore, we just put on glasses and do not uh, really have some problems with reading text. We do not consider our productivity to be low. We just put on glasses. And if glasses are not available, then disregarding of what age we are, we'll have our productivity declined and we'll feel not comfortable. So from my perspective, with healthy aging, it works like this. It's just making sure that the society enables all the people to overcome the barriers which are biologically there, just by different means that are uh, I fully agree with Maria and I also put on all my glasses because otherwise I cannot read my notes. <laughs> so this is really true. Now, I just want to add, my first, I want to say, in Austria, we also have a very good de development in this respect. Of course, it depends on the definition. But at least it seems that also what was mentioned by Anna, that with 65, the healthy life expectancy, both for women and men, so there's not much gender divide, is almost eight years still. So this is, but still, as I said, in the pension discussion, still in Austria, we have the problem that we put too little emphasis on, on prevention. And still, of course, what is also mentioned by the Italian colleagues, still we have this uh, not very healthy diet in Austria, namely Wiener Schnitzel. 
and beer. And what I wanted to add is, of course, or we should not forget that also here we have a strong social gradient in in the, in, in in the outcomes. So I think that if you're low educated, if you have low incomes, then you have a much higher risk, of course. So first, not first, you have a lower life expectancy, and second, uh, you have lower years in good health. And the problem is really that this is seems to be at least partly inherited from one generation to the other. And we see in Austria, but I think it's the same all over Europe, that even with children and youth, there are a relatively high percentage of, of, of very young people who still suffer from obesity and they already have the risk that maybe with uh, 20, they face diabetes. So I think here still a lot has to be done. Not only that people are better educated, but maybe also much more information is needed that uh, for all parts of the population, these, these relationships are clear. But I think it's a, a long way to go and, and many measures uh, still needs to be implemented. If I can add one, one last thing, uh, since we're talking about our country's excellences, I would, I would, I would, I would make a little reference to the Italian um, importance of uh, family, family relationships as well as cultural approaches. So, um, obviously, every country is gives importance to families, but um, at least in Italy, there's a very strong family traditions between generations. There's data, also uh, statistics, showing how. Both for these reasons, both for other reasons, obviously, um, you, young people live with their parents until, let's say, at least 28, 29 average years old. Uh, these relationships and these ties with families keep on being there. Also with our grandparents, um, there's a, a huge importance given to, to family relationships. And I think, uh, we think, I, I, I may speak also uh, in, in, in name of, of Felix, uh, we think that this is very important for an healthy aging, globally intended, also on a mental healthy aging. aging. This surely helps a positive attitude of uh, uh, older persons to approach as they are always surrounded by their sons and their daughters and their nephews, which is surely a good environment uh, to to. For, for, for aging. There's just this little reference I wanted to do about Italy because I think it's quite interesting to underline the importance of familial, uh, familiar relationships, not only in Italy, obviously, but worldwide, yes, as a, as a general approach. Anna, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, yes, I could add to, uh, to Marco's uh, comments here regarding uh, family relations and social relationships uh, in general. I agree both with uh, Mikael and uh, Marco here that we have, a, uh, we have a situation where we, when we talk about healthy aging, we need to, to both look at the social gradient of healthy aging and then we can look at the data that we have and the European data and see that people uh, with higher incomes and uh, more resources tend to also perceive their health as better than, than people in, uh, in other situations. And, and this is the social gradient, of course. But then also to look at health aging, then something more than just health, something more than just uh, functionality uh, when it comes to physical health and somatic health. We, we need, also need to 
to work with promoting the social relationships, social uh, inclusion, and uh, in part there we have the the digitalization that we also addressed here in the podcast, but also the psychological aspects of uh, aging and and well-being. And uh, there we have the the components related to uh, self-respect and uh, self-rated well-being that you feel that your life is what you want it to be and that you can lead your life on your own terms. So we're down to very, very broad perspectives and also maybe perhaps a bit more of a uh, existential approach when it comes to health and aging. So um, I think it's a very complex issue to talk about what healthy aging is, but I think that we when we look about look look at policies and looking from a nordic perspective we have uh, a growing number of policies addressing the holistic health pr- approach and uh, we we talk about uh, aging on your own terms and uh, how we can support independency and freedom of choice uh, when it comes to aging and and older people. So I, I, I am hopeful that we have measures and initiatives that can increase healthy and active aging uh, across Europe. May I add one idea, probably um, it's not accepted, but something I just, it just passed through my... So uh, if you think of Brazilians, in Brazil, they have uh, the culture of uh, old people. They uh, respect them uh, fully and uh, intimately. So uh, there is even no no ageism at all, and and, and uh, they still uh, uh, tend to think of the aged people as uh, people who have to enjoy uh, or are mixed with the youngers and so on, with the middle age and so on. So we are different. We are another culture. Still might be good, for instance, to um, insert into a publication or uh, uh, whatever in a, in a video something that just... Uh, uh, gives a hint about joy of life, which could be the uh, the trend, which would be the uh, the aim of our society, in order to get the most of our or uh, out of our culture, but at the same time, uh, not to forget where we uh, started from, which is something which is respect and in some cultures is very strong. So not only think of which is, uh, let's say, rationally good, but to think what is uh, the basis of life in terms of reciprocal respect. If you have, if you, if for this, uh, if this is acceptable for you, uh, probably, uh, Ted could think of something uh, uh, throwing this stone into the water. 
Sure. And after the pandemic, maybe we can do a study trip together to Brazil. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, I would have. Uh, I would like to add one more aspect of this uh, to this healthy aging and and what Anna was in about uh, talking about um, how how a key factor to healthy aging is is for instance being yourself and being allowed to be yourself. Uh, I myself I represent the the LGBT community and and uh, aging for older gay and lesbian men or transgender people can sometimes be difficult because um, they've grown accustomed to living their life. Uh, as they want to, but then when they're when they get older and they have to start relying on help from others, they sometimes feel um, forced to so to so to say go return to the closet. How do you think we could uh, have a more inclusive, healthy aging for all people, also those of minorities? Again, I think this is a matter of culture and education, because if 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 minorities as perceived as diversity from from general population well here's the bias actually so i think this has to be addressed probably it must not be seen like in in this sense so again we're at the the point of 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 um of, of what we said with digitalization probably about campaigns or how do we say a widespread approach public approach uh public debate uh, approach on education yeah, what a very interesting um, question. I would I would like to add to this and say that uh, yes, education is important, but also looking at uh, uh, or reinventing our, ourselves when it comes to to our attitudes, attitudes and expectations related to older people and their values and and so forth. Um, and to to again to to try to avoid the stereotypical uh, uh, views that we may have when it comes to aging and what is appropriate and not appropriate because I think that's the core when it comes to many issues related to aging and and how we can support various group groups within the the large group of older people that we really uh, try to to avoid the exclusive uh, attitudes where we we divide uh, us younger people and them older people in various compartments and then we say this is appropriate for you but not for me and so forth i think if we if we buy education and other kinds of educational efforts try to to limit the stereotypical views, I think this could be maybe not solved, but uh, we we could have a better situation when it comes to to uh, discrimination and various forms of of um, problems when it comes to healthy aging and minority groups. Yeah, if I, if I may add, uh, this came now to my mind. Also, the discussion on. Uh, persons with migration background because uh, so far for the city of Vienna where we have a lot of, of, of guest workers who now either are already in pension age or, or, or are close to reach the pension age and also coming more and more into the age where they have health restrictions and so there seems to be how to say uh, measures needed from both sides so the, the, the city of Vienna is somehow uh, they're quite unsure how 
this how this 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 guest workers how they can be treated or have access to services then in old age or once they have a lot of health restrictions because they have of course different cultural backgrounds they rely even more on the family than the traditional Austria still does and so for them it seems to be also they really ask themselves what can be done that they uh, access these kind of services, mobile services, but of course then also if it's really needed, some kind of inpatient services. So I think there are still a lot of open questions in this respect. So I just wanted to add, add this to the discussion. Thank you. All right. So if we try to summarize the topic number four, what is healthy aging? What would you like to put forward to the uh, to the report for recommendations and conclusions? I could start here. I I would um, I would like to to make sure that our chapter addresses the the multidimensional uh, concept of healthy aging, and that healthy aging isn't solely about uh, somatic health but also other dimensions of health and well-being. And that is a very, it's a subject of subjective well-being and, uh, and uh, personal experiences and, uh, and preferences and so forth. I think this is pretty much the best sum up of this discussion, uh, including factors, obviously, as, as we said, like uh, familiar background, uh, uh, culture and psychological well-being. Actually, we didn't mention the seaside and the, <laughs> and the weather, but I think this might somehow have a slight influence, probably. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but could be. So yeah, I guess this, this chapter concludes with, with uh, multilateral and multidimension aspect of healthy aging, probably, yes. Can I just add a really, really brief comment on the weather? Because I think it's quite interesting. I, I uh, led a, a comparative study, European comparative study, uh, where we interviewed older people regarding their views on mental health and mental well-being and what, in their views, contributed to mental well-being. And we, uh, we then uh, focused on Norway, Finland in the Nordic countries, so two, two, uh, two countries from the Nordics, and then Spain and Italy in Southern Europe. And uh, one interesting finding was that when we, we talked with uh, older people from these regions, uh, weather was never a subject in the Southern European countries, never. But in the Nordic countries, both in Finland and in Norway, the older uh, participants talked a lot about the weather and, and how it was contributing to, to well-being when it was a good weather, when it was warm, when it was shiny, uh, sun was shining and so forth, and how it contributed to a bit moody <laughs> feelings when it was dark and cold and windy and so forth. And just to to flag this up in this context, it's, uh, I think it it has uh, uh, an importance in the context of uh, health and well being experiences. We 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 probably give it for granted down here, <laughs> so we don't mention it. Actually, there's a lot of uh, you know, 
you know, movies and TV shows about uh, American and, and, and you hear this, a lot of people who say, I'm going to retire in Florida. I'm going to retire in New Mexico. I'm going to retire in California. So <laughs> there's probably a weather component in, in, in older age happiness, probably. Yep. So if I may add a personal uh, remark in my age with 49, so maybe it's now really time to move to a place at the seaside and to have uh, red wine instead of the beer. <laughs> so some support, some social support. State should pay for that. Continuous exchange by traveling through Europe. So the real European community uh, is growing through exchanges and travels. That's I agree. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a great place to conclude this fourth and final episode of the podcast Aging in Europe from North to South, brought to you by ELF, European Liberal Forum. Thank you for participating in this podcast and thank you for listening. 